Welcome to Show Me Something Wrong. Where each episode, one of us chooses a movie to watch that the other hasn't seen. The movie is often obscure, usually odd, and always wrong. I'm Guy. I'm Dave. And today, I've chosen the movie, and oh fuck, I have to read a lot of titles now. And it's there a few? Okay. The Murder Secret, with the original title. Oh, it's going to be some it- bad Italian. Are you ready? <laughs> non... Non aver porta dera zia mata. <laughs> Sounds pretty legit to me. <laughs> AKA The Broken Mirror. AKA Don't Be Afraid of Aunt Martha. <laughs> Probably the best title. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. I think that's what the Italian would translate Don't to. Don't Be Afraid of Aunt Martha. I think so. That would make more sense. Yeah. And AKA, mm. most excitingly, Lucio Fulci presents The Murder Secret. It's from Italy, 1988, directed by Mario. Bianchi. Mm. Show ride, show ride. Okay, so yes, let's just call it the murder secret. That, that was a lot of titles. That was a lot to of titles. Through, so yeah. we're just gonna call it the murder secret. Is that what it's primarily known as? I mean, that's what I know it as. I see the broken mirror getting thrown around mm. quite a bit as well, but um, yeah, I, I know it as the murder secret. So, I'm just going to call it that. Let's just go with the murder <laughs> secret. So, this film is not directed by Fulci. Uh, it's directed by Mario Bianchi. Mm-hmm. Have, have you ever heard of him before? Uh, no, I haven't. I don't really... I don't think I've seen anything else by him, but he's he's pretty prolific. Only because I don't search anything prior to recording, as per our rules. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but yeah he's, Mario... he's been working since the 60s. And he's made pretty much everything from westerns to sexploitation. Oh, he did Satan's Baby Doll. Yeah, that's maybe that. that's yeah, his yeah, most yeah. famous I, film. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and yeah, of course, he's worked a lot in horror as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this isn't a Fulci film, but it is Fulci adjacent. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, his name is the first thing you see as the film opens. So I figured this is like a good chance for us to talk a little bit about Lucio Fulci mm. because we probably never will be able to watch one of his films. I think we've, we've both seen exhausted his yeah. entire filmography. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know what, what your you know relationship with Fulci is, but I fucking love Lucio mm. Fulci. And he was like, I consider him my entry point into, I don't know, like more fucked up, violent kind of horror mm. when I was a, a teen teen boy. How, how about you? Oh, no, I'm totally in the same boat. I think, yeah, when I was a teenager, I saw, uh, well, in the UK, at least it's known as uh, zombie flesh eaters. What's that known as in Australia? Uh, I mean, I've always known it as zombie, but I did I remember. Zombie 2 is the... That's the Italian a... title because it's right. like a sequel to Dawn of the Dead, which is called Zombie in yeah. Italy. Very confusing. Uh, I think maybe in America it's just called zombie, right? Is it? Yeah, I I think in Australia it's probably called zombie flesh eaters mm, as well. Right. Yeah. So I I picked that up when I was a teenager, mm. and then from then I I delved into the the fantastic world <laughs> of Fuji. Of course, doing his uh, Gates of Hell trilogy. Oh, so great! Which blew my mind. I remember the first time I watched Zombie or Zombie mm. Flesh Eaters, I rented it from the video store. Mm. And I'm like, here we go, fucking finally get to see this. And I, yeah. I knew about the eyeball scene oh, yeah. and stuff like that. And then it was getting up to to that scene. And But kind of before that, I'm like, man, this 
this film's not very violent. Right. There's no there's no gore. Like, it, mm. it didn't have any, like, blood or anything. So right. I'm like, what's going on here? And then it gets the eyeball scene. I'm like, all right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and then the eye gets closer to the, the mm. splinter of wood. And then the camera just cut. I'm like, oh, right. It's just, like, heavily they, censored. They butchered it. They fucked it. <laughs> so uh, it took me quite a while to see the, the uncut mm, version. I think I... Um, I, I, I I might be wrong, but I think the first time I saw it, it, I bought a box set, a DVD box set of it, um, and it was known as Box of the Band. It was that's how it was. I mean, it was a box set of all these banned films <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was banned from the Video Nasties list, and then which eventually got a re-release in in England. Mm. And I think within that box set, it had like Evil Dead, Zombie Flesh Eaters. Um, I think Driller Killer was in it, and mm. then the the Witch Who Came from the Sea. Oh, right. That, yeah, that yeah, was a, a video nasty yeah, as well. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> I mean, there, there was two of these box sets, um, so I might be getting the titles mixed up a bit. But mm. I, that was the first time I saw a lot of those films. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was a very slippery slope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, and it's all just been a haze yeah, yeah, since yeah. then, it, a haze of blood and gore. It is like kind of amazing to think back to them. Maybe my favorite Lucio Fulci kind of story of, mm. of when I was first getting into him was uh, I really wanted to see the New York Ripper. Mm. And this is, you know, back, what, like 20 years ago or more when I was, you know, buying very overly priced DVDs, like imported from oh, America because yeah. none of this stuff was out in Australia at the time. And um, there's this one shop in Melbourne, still there now, now I think, called Minotaur. And it was like right. a pop culture store. Mm. And they had all of, like, the Fulci DVDs, but they were, like, 60 or 70 bucks. That's wild. Yeah, and I would save up to, yeah. to buy them. And uh, I was saving up for New York Ripper. Mm. I'm like, fuck yeah, I finally get to watch New York Ripper. I saved up, like, what, 60 bucks or whatever it was for, for the DVD. And I must have been, like, 15 or so at the mm. time. And I, I went in to buy it all excited. And then the the guy at the store was like, you can't buy this. You're like, you're 15. You can't, you can't buy New York Ripper. I was like, fuck. So I, I called up my, my brother's friend mm. who lived in the city, I'm like, who was an adult. Yeah. I'm like, could you come to Minotaur and buy a DVD for me? Yeah. And he walked in and, and like, with me there as well and just bought it from the same guy <laughs> and handed it over to me. But I remember watching New York Ripper and now something like that probably wouldn't affect me that much. But at the time, mm. it I was so shocked by that film in particular. Oh, yeah. Of all of his films. Oh, Pax is a few punches. I think with, like, he, he's great because he kind of delves into fantasy a lot of the time, doesn't he? Same with The Gates of Hell and, and Zombies as well. Mm. And, and Cat in the Brain, which is fucking bizarre. Mm. But he it's not just, like, straight-up slasher stuff. It's always fantasy mixed yeah. in which um which is i absolutely love but new york ripper is uh is is a brutal one <laughs> it's just a gross film mm. as well like it's so seedy mm. but i i love all of his whole career basically like i i think everything he's done is really interesting and i even love and i think maybe you're not so much a fan but i love his later sort of stuff as well you know remember what? maybe we've talked about i don't think i've seen his later films and okay. I, I don't think i've actually seen his non-horror films okay yeah, yeah yeah some of his non-horror stuff is uh some of his comedies i've watched and Ooh, i i wouldn't fancy yeah. uh falchi director comedy <laughs> do you know what though there's one that is really great mm -hmm. uh oh my god what's it what's it called i think it's called the eroticist at least that's the American title. Right. It might also be called, like, 
the ambassador loves women or something like that like some other title that's pretty funny that film genuinely pretty right. amazing i think it's like 70s era but yeah his his later films get really cheap mm. and he kind of lost a lot of his uh you know main crew members the guys mm. that kind of made his films look and sound really great but they have a kind of weird hazy soap opera vibe to them that i really fucking love have you seen touch of death Ooh, I need to I need to look it up. It's I'm his, not sure if I have of all of his films. So that's like a later one, maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's '88 as well. Mm. Actually, we're going to talk about it a bit for this film as well. Mm. But that film for me is like the perfect example of how fucking crazy his films got. <laughs> right. Where it's it's just uh, this guy just killing women with deformities, and it's so oh, wow. fucked up and misogynistic. That wouldn't get made today, would it? Uh, it's it's vicious and horrible. Jesus. And kind of artless in a way that mm. Fulci's films are not you know mm. like his films are always kind of beautiful looking mm. and amazing but this film's just bleak and fucked but it's kind of amazing and it's a black comedy that sounds like something for the podcast I've not, seen, that. not I, seen that I, I don't now that oh, you since well, we're definitely you described that, that yeah. so I don't think I've seen that that sounds fucking okay. nuts well maybe we will come back to <laughs> well don't tell me too much time. don't yeah. tell me too much right let's 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 get the ball moving on the murder secret <laughs> so yeah, but before we do that, I want to kind of go into the production of this mm, film. Yeah, I'm very and, intrigued. And why this is connected to, to Fulci. And it's it's pretty interesting. Mm. <laughs> and I said to you last uh, episode, you have definitely seen shots from this film right. before watching it. I guarantee it. Right. And we'll find out why soon. Okay. So, all right, let's go back to 1988. Right. Okay. And there's a production company called... Alpha cinema uh, cinematograph cinematographic wait how do I my brain's gone my brain's fried. my god he's having a stroke I'm having a stroke <laughs> the production's company is called Alpha Cinematographica how the how do I pronounce that oh, I don't know so where am I where am I looking cinema cinematographica I don't know. oh, oh you said it perfectly was that it yeah yeah that hey. sounds great anyway let's just call it Alpha from now on <laughs> so this production company. Uh, it was headed up by a guy called Carlo Alberto Alfieri. And owls. yeah, it's a lot of owls in there. <laughs> There's a lot of owls. So he's a you know a producer and writer hmm. um, of that time. He made a couple of interesting things, mostly not very interesting things. Right. And this company was owned by a guy called Augusto. Augusto oh, fucking Italian names. God damn it, Augusto. <laughs> Camenito. And he was like also a writer producer and right. a director. And yeah, he worked right up until his kind of recent death. Uh, and he produced some pretty crazy stuff. He produced that film King of New York. What? Yeah. That's nuts. You know that Christopher Walken yeah. Yeah, what's yeah, his yeah. name? Abel Ferreira yeah, yeah, yeah. film. So he produced that. And he also produced Fulci's film Murder Rock. Have okay. you seen that one? Um and yeah, so anyway, these two guys had this company and they wanted to do this project called, oh, fucking more Italian. This is going to be such a nightmare for this episode. So their, their project was called I Maestri del Thriller. Oh, it's Ma- sexy. Which translates to Maestros of the Thriller. Mm. Okay, so that's that was their, this company That was their project. background. Yeah. Okay, all right. So they, they set up this project and the idea of this project is they would hire maestros of 
the thriller. Oh, so okay. all these directors. Right. So it's kind of like uh, Masters of Horror. Was well, it going to be like an omnibus kind of thing? Or? Just like films that were all connected by this one title, right? Okay. So like with that as the umbrella of right. these films. Yeah. Like, you know, like Masters of Horror. That yeah. Series. I guess kind of like that. Right. Um, but this is in 88, so long before that. Mm. The directors they got um, include the director of this, Mario Bianchi, uh, also guys like Enzo Milioni, and a guy called Giovanni Simonelli, who uh, I think wrote all of the films in the series as well. And if you look at his filmography, you'd be like, oh yeah, I've seen quite right. a few of those. Oh, so, so this this like act- this production actually came to life. They, yes. they made this yeah. Masters of Thriller. Yeah. And just hired a bunch of guys to make these films and all the scripts. I guess this one guy just pumped out right. scripts for, mm. for these films. And yeah, Lucio Fucci was invited on board as a initially as a supervisor mm-hmm. to kind of oversee the project. But then he ultimately ended up directing two films from this series. Okay. So overall, there's eight films. Two of them are by Fulci. Mm-hmm. One of them is Sodom is Ghost. Have you seen that film? Oh, I might have. Ghosts of Sodom is the other title. Mm-hmm. It's got some Nazis that in it. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of my least favorite Fulci films. <laughs> right. It's not very good. Uh, and the other film was Touch of Death, which uh, is what I just mentioned before, which is fucking great <laughs> and one of the most disgusting films I've ever seen. We'll have to do that. Yep. So, like, these films are violent, fucked up, horrible films, mm. but they were not made for the cinema. They were made for television, these films. That makes so much sense that you right. say that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you, these... I have a lot of notes about the film we watched. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, now that you said that, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. So they're made for TV, which does make sense in an aesthetic sense. Mm. But also, what the fuck are you doing putting so much gore in a film that's mm. meant for TV? Um, so that was the goal was the television market and then probably home video after that. And maybe cinema, but good luck with that. (laughs) But then upon finishing the films, they got no distribution at all. Right. Initially. Did they get aired on TV? No. They were not accepted to be aired on TV. When you said they finished the films, like, did they make them all at once or in sporadic? one year they made all of these they films. made six films in eight one year films. Uh, eight films in, in a year eight, yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god <laughs> so this is where it gets kind of confusing here and i i can't give you exact answers to what happened but basically they weren't screened on tv um that didn't work out no surprises there. and in some kind of convoluted mess of like contracts and distribution companies all that kind of shit a company called Formula Home Video hmm. released them on VHS and they repackaged the film. So they got rid of the maestros of the thriller title hmm. and replaced it with Lucio Fulci Presents. Right. <laughs> so all the films became Lucio Fulci Presents, The Murder Secret, or even weirder, Lucio Fulci Presents, uh, Touch of Death, Directed by, by Lucio Fuji. It's very well. confusing. I guess he is the selling point. You yeah, know, he is the big name among them. But but that didn't fucking work out either. So but so, wait, did they actually get released on VHS? They, I think they briefly got released, uh-huh. but then they got sued oh. by old mate El Alfieri, the guy who was who was uh, not the owner of Alpha, but the guy mm. that was sort of setting up this project mm. because he actually owned the home video right still. So I don't know how they thought they could release it. I can't tell you any more details on that. That's all I can find right. out. And because I guess part of that happening, like this suing sort of process, this formula company went bankrupt. Mm. 
and the films were just like lost, wow. like floating about without distribution. Interesting. And I think eventually they were released mm. and in Japan they were definitely released because I actually own the Murder Secret on VHS, oh, the really? Japanese <laughs> release. Yeah. <laughs> And then later on, I think, um, you know, maybe in the even later in the 80s or in the 90s, mm. another company did end up releasing them on VHS mm. and, and DVD. Anyway, so that's how that's these films. That's, that's pretty their interesting history. history. But there's more. Oh. <laughs> and it gets much crazier. Okay. So then there's this other company yeah. called Executive. That's their name. Very, very brief and simple name. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> and they they have the idea of using these, at this point, unreleased films mm. to make a new film ah. using all the gore sequences. So now mm. can you guess where you've seen... <gasps> Cat the in the Brain. Yes, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. So, executive, they've got all these films, yeah. and they approach Fulci again, and... Uh, they ask him to make two films. Mm. So one is uh, Voices from Beyond, mm-hmm. which I think is his last or second last film. That's a really great film. And the other is the very famous, probably his most famous, like, latter-day film, mm. The Cat in the Brain. I think in the UK it's maybe known as Nightmare Concert, or maybe maybe uh, other places it's known it, as that. It is also known as Nightmare Concert, but mm. yeah, no, in England it's Cat in the Brain. Okay, yeah, mm. yeah, and Cat in the Brain is a great title. It should be that title. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> so with a Cat in the Brain, they ask Fulci to come up with a way to integrate all the gore scenes mm. from these eight fucking shitty television movies right. into a new film. Right. So they sort of give him that goal, and, mm. and he comes up with this, this story, this script where... Uh, the idea is a director is being haunted by the films he's making. And yeah, he's, uh, yeah, basically he, he talks about it in interviews. Like he wanted to imagine what a horror director's nightmares are like, right. basically. So he plays himself in that, doesn't he? Well, that's the fucking crazy thing. So he finished the script writing it with that Simonelli guy mm. who wrote those eight films, uh, all the maestro films. And they kind of based it on this news article at the time that was accusing Fulci's films and Argento films of inspiring violence. So that's where that kind of idea came about. And also, I don't know if you know this, but Fulci hated psychologists. Oh, really? He fucking hated them. Because doesn't, does he, doesn't he play a psychologist? No, he, there's a, the psychologist is the villain of that that's film. That's right, He's yeah. kind of tricking him, hypnotizing Fulci. And kind I remember of there was that, that patient yeah. psychologist. So, yeah. so that's the kind of inspiration wow. for him, him writing this script. But anyway, he, he finished the script. And at that point, he, he was not going to play the lead. Mm. It was just a director. And, but he like, wasn't really happy with the, the end result. So in 1990, he's got this script mm. and he brings it to another writer, uh, Antonio Tentori, mm. uh, who is the writer of Demonia, mm. you know that film, mm. another later day Fulci film. And he asks him to touch up the script. And Tentori is the guy who comes up with the idea, absolutely fucking crazy and amazing idea of Fulci playing himself right. in the film, which I think is just amazing that's what makes that film mm. incredible yeah Fulci always has like cameos in his films but this is like his first leading yeah. role and as himself that's fucking crazy right? <laughs> this is like 1990 they made it's this pr- film. pretty meta if you come so to think about it yeah. <laughs> in preparation for this i was watching a lot of uh Fulci interviews and 
he's like describing the film as being a race ahead made by an old man. <laughs> Which is a great description. And um, yeah, it does feel like it's very meta, mm. super ahead of its time. And he also kind of uh, disses Wes Craven quite a lot. Oh, really? Uh, you know, Wes Craven's new nightmare. Yeah. Where he's like playing himself. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. There's interviews with Fulci being, I think someone asked him like, why did you make this film? He's like, oh, so Craven would have something to steal. Like, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty great. <laughs> I, that's one I really want to revisit, actually, because oh, I've, I've not seen it for at least 15, so, 17 years or something. I, I rewatched it for mm. this episode, and it is fucking great. Yeah? It is so good. I, I never liked it that much when I watched it when I was younger, but watching it again, I was really struck by how completely crazy mm. it is, and it's really amazing and super super weird um yeah so anyway that that film actually didn't really do that well in italy but i think since then it's become quite a cult mm. classic and pretty well loved i mean it seems like it's, it's such an insane concept that i'm mm. not surprised it didn't do well yeah it's pretty specific yeah isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so Anyway, all of the footage from these eight films, he had to integrate into the film. Mm-hmm. So that was obviously a pretty difficult task. Mm. But I think the awkwardness of it kind of adds to the weirdness of that film. It kind of makes it more interesting. It's just so strange the way it's put in. So all of these, uh, yeah, all of those films got kind of repurposed mm. and redubbed. So including Touch of Death, mm-hmm. which we mentioned Actually, a really funny thing about Touch of Death. Mm -hmm. So the main actor from Touch of Death, Brett Halsey, he didn't know about A Cat in the Brain. Right. And them using footage of him from this other film. And he was, like, pretty good mates with Fulci. And he said it ruins their friendship. Serious? Because he would Mm. call up Fulci and Mm. Fulci wouldn't answer because I think he was scared about him finding out about A Cat in the Brain because oh, he wow. wasn't getting paid for it. Right. And yeah, Halsey is like, you know, I don't mind that much. Like, he could have just given me a few bucks and yeah. we could have just gone on, but like, he just ignored my calls after oh, that <laughs> out of fear. Um, but yeah, he had he had no clue that it had been used. And That's people would funny. come up and say like, yeah, you made four films with Fulci. He's like, no, I made three. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then he blocked me. <laughs> So yeah, that that touch of death footage mm. is the most fucked up stuff right. in in the film. That's the most violent sort of stuff. Um, but the second most violent footage in Cat in the Brain is definitely from today's film, right? The Murder Secret, which is a film that I would say is kind of equally as nightmarish and dreamlike as a Cat in the Brain, but a very 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 different kind of film this as well. Is such an odd film. It's, it's so odd. Weird. It is so strange. But in A Cat in the Brain, he he reuses mm. the effects from Murder Secret mm. twice. So I think right. he was a fan of those effects. Right. But yeah. So that's the history. That's I know, a pretty sorry, that was quite history. a long history. It's, it's, it's very fascinating though. <laughs> uh, and also we're really glad to hear that they redubbed it because the dubbing in this, I'll say the ADR in this was fucking atrocious. <laughs> We'll definitely get into that oh soon. Oh my yeah, goodness, yeah. yeah. Wow. Anyway, let's get into the film. So, the first thing we see, Lucio Fulci presents. <laughs> Pretty great way to start the film. Oh, yeah. The music in the opening titles. Oh, banging music. So good. That was my first note. I just wrote banging yeah. music. I've got some pretty funny facts about this guy. As oh, well. let's he hear the music. Yeah. So, his name is Gianni 
Esposito. Okay. Uh, but he's also on IMDb. He's Gianni Sposito. They dropped the E on there. I don't know which okay. one's correct, but um, I was looking at what he, what else he's done music mm. for because I'm like, man, this music's awesome. Mm. It's so great. Uh, and he's mostly done music for these cheap um, Italian Disney ripoff films, <laughs> including films with the titles Simba, The King Lion. <laughs> Pocahontas, Princess of the American Indians. Oh, wow. And Simba Jr. and the Football World Cup. <laughs> no way. Oh, I need to see that. I don't think we do. Oh, come on. <laughs> They're going to be great. You love a rip-off movie. <laughs> but anyway, so that music is, is awesome, but I, I don't know how well his career has gone after this. Well, after Simba and the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think it went too well. <laughs> oh, man. Um... Yeah, and also in these opening credits, we get a few important people left off. Uh, so someone we don't see, we don't see Camilla Fulci. Mm. So that's uh, Fulci's daughter, mm. who yeah, was the script super- supervisor for this and helped Fulci with all his later day films, right. latter day films. Do you know much about her? I don't. I don't know. Probably she anything. She is... Um, I just watched the documentary Fulci for Fake, mm. and she's in that. And she, That's quite recent, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, mm. 2019 or so. And she is just such a delightful person. <laughs> and tragically, I think she died quite recently. Oh, really? um, yeah, she was... She sounds like she had a really rough life. She was paralyzed um, from a horse uh, riding incident, mm. managed to walk again, but then had illnesses and was Oof. like ended her life in a wheelchair. But Fulci considered kind of her the the real uh, author behind A Cat in the Brain. She helped so much on the production. It was mm. He saw it as her film, which is quite nice as well. Adds mm. a sort of extra touch to that. The other person who's not credited is Pino... Ferrante, okay. who did the effects, but we'll maybe talk about him a bit later. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> oh, God. The hardest thing, I think, to talk about is this opening scene. You know what? I was so confused. What What do you think happened in the opening scene? <laughs> well, I mean, just explaining what I saw, first of all, we basically, we start with a woman. She kind of wakes up somewhere. Yeah. Which we don't really know where at first. Yeah. And she's kind of distressed, worried, looking around. It seems that she's kind of locked in a white mm. room Mm-mm. and she can't get out. So at first I was like, is she a prisoner in here? Has she been like held captive against her will or something? And then we kind of keep cutting back and forth between a car driving, right? Yeah. So we're basically getting present day and then flashbacks. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. But it's very confusing. So as you said, we've got... Uh, who we find out later is mm. Aunt Martha mm. uh, in yeah this weird white room, and she's played by Sasha Darwin, right. who's from Touch of Death. So she she's a Fulci actor. I watched an interview with her where she described Fulci as Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde because oh. of his extreme mood swings, which I thought was <laughs> that uh, be pleasant. Yeah. To with, yeah. <laughs> he sounds like quite a full on man, <laughs> and yeah, and we're seeing stuff of her in this in this kind of white mm. room. And we're also seeing this family. Yeah. So in the family, we've got Richard, the dad, mm. played by Gabriel Tinti. Uh, and <laughs> I was rereading my old review of The Murder Secret, and there was a really funny quote that my friend, uh, when I watched this with my friend, he described uh, this actor as looking <laughs> like the, like a horrible mashup of Al Pacino <laughs> and Eric Roberts. <laughs> 
Do you reckon that's yeah. like the that's a description? pretty accurate description? Yeah. So he's the dad, and we've yeah. got Nora, the mother, played mm. by Adriana uh, Russo. The daughter, Georgia, who's like a teenage daughter, almost basically an adult. Uh, Jessica Moore plays that role, and then a very fucking annoying son called Maurice. Oh, Maurice, Maurice that fucking played by kid, yeah. Ed- Eduardo Massimi, who is one of the worst child actors I've ever and seen. And it also sounds like his voice was dubbed by a completely yes, different person. By a woman, like clearly. Right. Like it's an adult <laughs> woman dubbing the voice, which is such a classic Italian <laughs> trope, isn't it? Like in yeah. House by the Cemetery. Do you remember the kid dubbed by the woman? <laughs> oh, I'd have to watch it again. I remember when I saw that as a kid, I... It distracted me so much yeah. seeing a kid dubbed by a woman. Mm. But I've seen so many Italian horror films, I'm just used to it. Now. <laughs> but you know, that opening was so confusing because we're jumping back and forth, present day and flashbacks, and we get the same characters appearing as well. Mm. Like you get Richard the dad, but also kind of appearing when he was a kid. Yeah. So basically, we eventually see that this room that in these flashbacks that mm. Aunt Martha is in is a mental asylum. Mm. So these orderlies come and they take her away. And yeah, her head's bandaged up. Like she's maybe had a lobotomy. Well, I don't know. There was kind of like a blood stain on the wall behind oh, she her. Was like banging so her I, I, I took it as she was like smashing her head against yeah, that, the wall. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So she's on this bed and there's a, as you said, we see the young version of mm. this Richard character. The way the film tells us that it's that it's him is quite funny. Do you remember how they show? Oh no, so, I was too confused. So we see Aunt Martha <laughs> lying on this this bed with the like a bandaged up head. And then the camera pans across this fucking terrible actor playing the doctor, who's like, "Yeah, there's no chance for a full recovery." And then we see this sort of doled up older lady mm. who we find out is Richard's mum. Yeah, and then. Uh, we go over to to Richard as a kid, uh, and they're all they're all staring at you know Aunt Martha. But as as we're on the kid, it does like this sort of flash edit of Richard, the adult actor, the Eric Roberts looking guy. It's like Doom. yeah, and he's like yeah yeah, that's Richard by the way. <laughs> it's so confusing. It was really hard to follow initially. Yeah, it's it's extremely confusing. Even watching this the second time, I had to kind of yeah, it took a while to process mm. everything. Yeah, so there's there's no mm. like differentiation between like present day and past. Mm, mm. Like the bit we don't know anything. I initially thought they were driving to see Martha in the hospital, which yeah. it probably is like how it's set up. It's probably just trying to trick us as the viewer, but, or not, or, or it's, it's just shit. shittily done. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just shittily done. Mm. So it's kind of going between this stuff of Martha and this conversation Richard's having about Martha, mm. and he says that she's been living in South America for thirty years. And now she's come back. So that's the sort of setup. Okay. And uh, and also there's this kind of... He's very awkward talking about her. Yeah. And uh, says stuff like, Martha's name was always taboo. Mm. <laughs> and it's kind of, you know, it's quite confusing. It's hard to know what's bad acting and what the, <laughs> is the film trying to tell us, like, something deeper is going on. Yeah. But yeah, very confusing. Is that when we cut to the flashback again when he's with his mum? Yes. I've got to say, his mum looks like a fucking mannequin. Oh, my <laughs> yes, God. I've quite, never seen such a plastic face in my life. Quite quite intense. I, yeah. I wonder, was was she, like... I didn't look her up, but was, she could have been, like, a veteran actress who had, like, kind of had way too much work done on her face. The the actress's name is Anna Maria Plaquito, but okay. I 
don't know her. I haven't seen her in anything else. Yeah, she yeah. she she couldn't squeeze out a tear if it was like <laughs> <real> Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, so we we see yeah back in the past again, and this was the most confusing part of the film, I think, because it's sort of hiding things from us, right? But she's she's telling uh, the child version of Richard. Yeah, this flashback that she's gonna tell him a terrible story mm. about Aunt Martha, and that one day he's gonna need to do something. And that something is remember the letter to the doctor. Mm. <laughs> That's the information we're given. He has to. We don't hear the details of this story, but we know that he was supposed to send some kind of letter to a doctor. <laughs> That's all the information we're given. Very confusing, and it's kind of constantly being interrupted by the fucking present day yeah. stuff in the car, which is infuriating as well. <laughs> and. Yeah, then uh, it's even... <laughs> there's a bit where it's interrupted by the annoying son. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that when he says, shut up, you little brat? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Aunt Martha. Ooh. Shut up, you little brat. Richard. Richard. What's happening? Are you crazy? Oh, Christ. I'm sorry, Maurice. I really am. And anyway, we're back to the flashback <laughs> again. <laughs> And so after the mother has said this stuff about writing the letter and, you know, all this stuff about Aunt Martha that we haven't heard, Mm. uh, he leaves the room and instantly there's a scream (laughs) and he runs back into the room. And what does he see? (laughs) She's done the Marilyn Burns. Yeah. She's she's, done the fucking Marilyn Burns out the window. She's jumped out the window. But unlike Marilyn Burns, she hasn't survived this one. So, yeah, she's committed suicide. Yeah. So that's... Very baffling. This is all in this opening little piece, and it's Mm. so confusing. We're also, at the same time, like, we cut back again to the present day, and we're hearing a voiceover of a letter that Martha's sent, where she's like, they're finally letting me go. And, yeah, Richard, you're the only relative that Mm. I have. So, like, oh, okay. Very confusing. Yeah. Then one more important thing happens in the car. So, Richard's distracted by his daughter georgia who hugs oh him. yeah this was odd yeah and uh yeah he he nearly crashes into a truck mm. so she hugs onto him he nearly crashes but they're all right mm. apparently yeah <laughs> her, mom, her mom says something oh, yeah. weird yeah. yes <laughs> i was gonna ask if you remember that <laughs> because the daughter kind of like hugs the dad and she's like oh i love you daddy and the mom is like hey there it's a good thing I'm not the jealous type. Yeah. <laughs> like you're talking to your your daughter and her mm. dad. I love you, Daddy. Hey there. It's a good thing I'm not the jealous type, huh? Did you get the feeling the whole way through this? I was like, even though I've seen it before, I'm like, does this get incesty? That was that's what I was thinking the uh, whole time watching it. Mm. The film also rips off Psycho quite a lot, which is another oh, kind yeah. of weird you know, mm. you know, uh, family relationship kind of movie. So yeah. it does have some weird vibes going some on. Weird undertones, there. some some weird sexual undertones. Yeah, Not even under the overtones, like yeah. with the daughter. Jesus oh my Christ! God. Some stuff that happens later is quite atrocious. Yeah. So just to sum up the information in that first act, mm. so Richard and his stupid family are driving to see Aunt Martha mm. at her house. We also had some flashbacks where we know that she was in a mental asylum. And we know that Richard maybe didn't do something that he was supposed to do. That's right. That's right. That's all we know from that first. I mean, when you say it like that, it sounds really simple. But watching it on screen, simple. it's so confusing. 
And at this point, my note was, I am not loving this movie. <laughs> it was not an enjoyable opening. It's an incredibly mm. confusing opening with a lot of information. But you know what? It's all right, because the next 70 minutes is going to give us no information. <laughs> no, nothing happens until, like, the 50-minute mark in this movie. I will say about this film... I don't think I've ever seen a film with so much filler. Mm. Almost every scene is pointless. Oh, it's excruciating. <laughs> this film could be a five-minute film. <laughs> but thats I also kind of love that about it as well. So now all your listeners are going to listen to us talk about a film and nothing happens for the next 45 uh, a of, minutes. A lot of funny things happen, though, so there's plenty to talk about. <laughs> So they arrive at the house and we meet a very special guy. That's it. They're greeted by the gardener. Thomas. 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 Name. Nice Played gardener. Good guy. Ma- Maurice Polly. Right. Very, very nice guy. Mm. Very gentle. He doesn't actually introduce himself in this first movie. Oh, he's just right. he's like, yeah, I'm a gardener. He's the gardener. How you doing? But he says, like, Martha won't be here until tomorrow. Mm. But he's, like, happy enough to show them around. Uh, shows them the the ups and the downs, and then Richard is like, "Hey, what about this door?" Mm. And he finds the door that goes down to the cellar, and he's like, "Oh no, no, that's locked. You can't go in there. It's locked. Doesn't work, mate." Mm. So yeah, and then we get the sinister music. Yeah, we know it's like <laughs> the film may as well just be like, "Hey, everybody, yeah, like it's down there. The the stuff, the bad stuff's down there in the basement." Basically, I love this. His tour is so fucking funny. Yeah, it's just this dorky man walking from room to room giving a tour my favorite line is when he comes into the kitchen and he says this is the kitchen you'll find everything you might ever need this is the kitchen you'll find everything you might ever need in here everything you might ever need in your life (laughs) my other thing that he says that i love is like in the after the basement thing he's like yeah yeah, don't go down there yeah Mm. it's uh the stairs are all fucked up oh by the way my name is thomas (laughs) dude you've done this whole tour. Yeah. That is not how meeting someone works. Yeah, yeah. When you meet someone, you say your fucking name first, dude. Oh, by the way, my name is Thomas. If you need anything, I'm always to be found in my cottage. Oh, God. But then, right. And they have, like, this the dinner scene after that, and they'll kind of eat and swiftly go to bed. But Richard is very curious about that door, isn't he? Like, mm. he knows something's down there. Mm-mm. He's very, very curi- curious about that. I also love they, they have dinner and instantly the second they finish dinner the kid's like right time for bed yeah imagine like you finish dinner and you like run up to bed straight away it's kind of like they wanted to pay a lot of attention to the door in the script and they needed like a filler scene yeah yeah to like to 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 sandwich from when he first saw the door to then it kind of playing on his mind Mm. so let's fucking write a very quick dinner scene in here and then we'll eat and they'll be like let's go to bed and then he's gonna look at the door again Mm. and then we'll get the sinister music once again yeah Also in this, like, first night in the house, the phone is ringing all the time. Ah, yeah, and every yeah. time Richard answers, no one no one is uh, speaking mm. on the other end. We also hear that Richard's adult son, Charles, will be joining Charles. later. Charles! Charles could be the most extraneous character in cinema history. There is absolutely no fucking point at all for mm. him to be in this film... Mm. Other than to pad the time of, of this film. <laughs> and die, of course. Yeah, and die. 
Oh, what did what did you think of the scene of uh, Richard and Nora in bed together? That was quite an upsetting. Scene. Is that when she kind of just like walks over to the bed and starts stripping down? She yeah, she comes into the bed and and she's just like, "Geez, I, I don't even know if Aunt Aunt Martha exists." Yeah, and and he's instantly distracted and starts grabbing her boobs. <laughs> He's like just grabbing her boobs and just shut up and give me that titty. He's like saying so many odd things to her. He's like, you do know that you're beautiful. I want some. Well, you do know that you're beautiful. I want some. In that case, we'll have to ask Aunt Martha if she'll invite us out every weekend. If that's the effect it has. (laughs) All of the dialogue is so fucking tripped out and insane yeah do you think that they the people dubbing it do you think they had a so we watched an english dub of it Mm. do you think they had a a script or were they just making it up as they went honestly mate i couldn't tell you it's very mad foxes-esque it it was so is this originally in italian this film right yeah yeah I thought as much, but still, the dubbing was so atrocious mm. and kind of all out of time. But it was just so stiff. Everyone's dub was so so stiff that it's, um, yeah. I couldn't tell if it was just terribly dubbed by actors who weren't the actual actors. Like, yeah, yeah. In the case of the kid, well, like all or uh, yeah, different that, language. That is the style of Italian films, right? Mm. So, but usually, what Italian films do is they get the lead actor will be an American or a British actor. Right. So say like in the Beyond, David Warbeck's the lead and <laughs> Katrina McCall. They're both British, right? So they, they dub their own voices and then everyone else is Italian. Right. And has that kind of weird, you know, dubbed voices. But in this, I'm pretty sure everybody's Italian. <laughs> right, right. And they didn't put much effort into the, they the dub They really at all. didn't. All right, so... And then this, this, this scene just yeah, fucking blew my mind. This, this is my one of my favourite things in the film. <laughs> right. Do you want to tell us about it? So it's nighttime, right? And a man with a fucking massive rifle is approaching the house and lets himself in. <laughs> yeah. And very, again, very sinister music. He's like, he's like pointing it everywhere yeah. like he's going to kill someone, yeah. right? And Richard and Nora wake up and Richard's like, wake up! There's someone in the house. And they kind of just like lay in bed and they don't fucking move. And the man with the rifle comes into their bedroom with a fucking gun in his hand. Uh, and and they're just fucking sitting there. And he, he's watching the door. He's literally watching the door as it opens and a barrel of a gun comes in. I turn on the light and he's like, oh, it's Charles. It's bloody Charles, the adult son. At that point, I was like, the fuck is Charles? Oh man, it's so mental. And it's like 3 a.m. as well. They make yeah. a point of saying what time it is. There's so many things that make no sense. The reactions, for one. Mm. And also, why the fuck is Charles walking around at 3 a.m. holding a gun? Yeah. There's no. We find out a little bit more later, but like, why? Why would he do this? Uh, it makes no sense, but he says, like, the next morning that he does hunting and stuff, yeah. and he's, like, shooting quail but, or something. But at this point, there's no context, But why right? are you fucking walking through the house at 3am with a rifle? Yeah. I going also, into your dad's room. It's so weird. And I, and all of the, like, character interactions here uh so off, like, so fucking weird. It's like, mm. it's like, you know, when you talk to someone in a dream, it feels like that. Mm. So the, the mother is, like, just saying uh, stuff like... 
I'm not I'm not Charles's mom. He t- he takes off to his wild mother. Oh, I'm sorry, Charles, about saying your mother was wild. Just like this weird fucking bonkers yeah. interaction, and it feels super tense between mm. Richard and Charles. Like there's some kind of like something else going on between yeah. them. But I don't think that I was deliberate. I don't think they thought that deep into this. I, I think it's more of a problem with the acting and the dubbing mm. and the lines. Like, I I think all that surreal energy that's created is not deliberate in a lot of the scenes. Here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, as you said, the, the next morning we do find out uh, that he, he's uh, going to be hunting. And I I'm sure this would have been maybe your most hated scene, but this is probably my favourite scene. Oh, I, I honestly don't. You probably don't remember. All I remember, he bumps into to the caretaker, the no, gardener, no, but right? I'm talking about before this. Oh, oh. So, the, I don't think I've ever seen a more pointless scene mm. uh, to the point that when I was writing my notes for this, I wanted to edit, like, scenes out, like, as I was writing, oh, yeah. writing up my notes. So, the next morning, right, Nora is setting the table for breakfast. Mm. For ages. It goes for quite a long time. And I'm like, fucking, do we really fucking need to see this shit? Mm. And then everyone comes in one by one. And they're like, hi, good morning. Hi. One by one coming in. Hi, hello. Hey, good morning. And they're just eating breakfast. Yeah. Like, you could have just cut to them eating breakfast straight away. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? And then Charles comes in and he's <laughs> like, hey, yeah, I'm going to go hunting. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's all this, like, crazy dialogue. I, Maurice says, I could eat a bear this morning. Here we are. Hi, guys. Hi, Mom and Dad. Hi, darling. Mm-hmm. I could eat a bear this morning. Which is not something that anyone has ever fucking said <laughs> in the history of the world. And then Charles <laughs> is like... the history of the yeah. world. <laughs> Except in this, in this film. <laughs> and then... Then Charles is like, yeah, I'm going to go hunting. I'd like to have a look-see in those woods. Uh, (laughs) A (laughs) look-see? I'd like to have a look-see in the woods down the road. They should be full of game around this season. (laughs) I think, like you said, everything in this film is so pointless. (laughs) Everything is filler that I literally have nothing to note about. I was watching it, I was like, ah, all right, they're eating breakfast. I'm not going to fucking sit and talk about a family eating breakfast. I I didn't note so many things I was latching onto the insane dialogue in that. I'd like to have a look-see in the woods. (laughs) Imagine saying that. That's an interest. I wonder how that translated over from Italian. Oh, God. Like... You could just say, I'd like to have a look in the woods. Yeah. Uh, just anything other than look-see. <laughs> but that's that's where we finally get the context that he's going hunting, right? Which explains the <laughs> yes. rifle, yeah. Right, all right, so now the scene before makes slightly more sense. But yeah, he, he stomps outside with his gun. Mm. And yeah, as you said, he, he runs into Thomas, the caretaker. Uh... <laughs> This is also another one of my favorite things. So he runs into Thomas and Thomas is like, oh, yeah, actually, Aunt Martha won't be here until tomorrow. Mm. So she's going to be even later. And then Thomas goes to where the family's having breakfast and says the exact same thing again. Yeah, so Aunt Martha won't be here till tomorrow. It's like, fuck, we only needed one of these scenes. <laughs> but I actually found that sound, that scene quite interesting because it kind of goes back to what Nora, the the wife, was saying because she was doubting that Martha actually mm. exists. And I was like, ah, 
maybe she doesn't exist. Mm. Yeah, I know that scene did act did actually have some some purpose. Just that it's twice. Like we didn't no, need oh, both. Yeah. No, we didn't. Need we didn't both. need it delivered twice. Also, that scene has two very funny lines as well, where <laughs> where Thomas says, "Anyhow, uh, she says she's impatient to give you all a big kiss." <laughs> And then he, when he heads off, he's like, "I got a heck of a lot of chores to do." It's just like, it's, no one talks no, like this. It's very like sitcommy, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, it's yeah. Actually, imagine watching this with a laugh track. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. Actually, gonna take a look in these woods. Yeah, or a look see in these woods. Everyone's <laughs> cackling. Yeah, I'd like to have a look see in the woods down the road. And and because it has that sort of yeah soap opera mm. style. Yeah. Um. It does. It feels so TV, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So at, at this point, like fucking nothing has happened. No. Now this is the second night that they're there, and really we've learnt very little other than Aunt Martha may or may not exist. Yeah, I was not happy watching this. <laughs> <laughs> but surely would have liked the next scene though. Some, some, uh, oh, a scene for the boys. Georgia, the daughter, getting <laughs> such, naked. Such a sleazy, <laughs> it is gratuitous scene. So grim. It's like, all right, so you're going to get naked. Yeah. And you're going to... Grim is the best way to describe it. it. Isn't she's like changing her clothes? Yeah. But so it's you... like, re- she's like looking at herself in the mirror, getting naked in the night, trying on various things. And it goes on for a very, very long time. It's, and it's so, so gratuitous. Yeah. And as she's getting dressed the whole time, she's like, because <clears throat> that's <clears throat> dubbed as well. <clears throat> isn't yeah. It? <laughs> it is a thing of like Italian films. They have to put all those like sounds in yeah. that don't actually happen when yeah. you're getting dressed. <laughs> do you do that when you get dressed in the morning? I'll do it. Putting... <clears throat> no, I do I, I go, oh, my back. <laughs> 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 so fucking stupid and then you get the voice mm. Georgia and I'm like oh things are getting a bit spooky here we go and I thought this is when it starts you got the freaky voice someone calling her from beyond the grave or somewhere Georgia and um and it opens the door and it turns out it's her little fucking douche brother Maurice <laughs> but you know what he should that kid should really, you know, seek a career in voice acting. Because pretty good voice. For a grown woman, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he's like, this place is spooky, so let me come stay with you. He also calls his sister a darn fraidy cat. (laughs) Oh, come on, big sister. I guess you're always going to be such a darn fraidy cat. What do you want, Maury? Apart from all the silly jokes. Yeah, as you say, he's actually the fucking fraidy cat. Because he wants to not sleep by himself and mm. sleep in the room with mm. his sister. Mm. So that happens. So that happens. 35 minutes in. <laughs> nothing's happened yet. Yeah, Richard and Nora in the other room, they're trying to sleep. We hear a door banging. Ooh. And, uh, <laughs> spooky. Yeah, very, very, very spooky. Richard very slowly investigates this. Oh, God. Slowly walking outside to see the door that's banging and he closes it and very slowly walks back up. But then what happens? Oh, Charles, he's been fucking murdered. He drops down from somewhere, like covered yeah. in blood, all bloodied up. Like Jason Voorhees style, right? Yeah. Like he's been hung up to something. That to we something don't we don't see. He kind of drops him from the, from the top of the screen. It's a pretty fucked up shot. Like he's just like 
yeah, upside down, and it's really close on his face, mm. and blood is just like bucketing out of his yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Mm. I thought, oh, finally something's happened. But who's killed old Charles? Who's done it? We who's don't know. Richard hasn't seen it. He just goes back to bed. He's a bit shit, isn't he, Richard? Yeah, he's like, he's oh, so fucking that, dumb. Yeah, just to close the door now, back to bed. Didn't see his dead son. Yeah, and we, we also see another very pointless scene. Yeah, Maurice wakes up. Oh, my up. God. Th- this scene was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so, hang on. Maurice, that little dick, yeah. he was the one who's like, oh, I want to come sleep with you, Georgia, because this house is spooky. Yet, he wakes up in the middle of the night and decides to go for a walk. He's a like, big, gonna... dumb smile on his face yeah. the whole time. What's that about? So he wakes up, goes for a walk, goes past the door that leads to the basement, dun, 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 which mm. kind of Starts ever open. so slightly yeah. opens. However, he walks to the TV, which is all static. And like starts kind of waving his fingers at it. Yeah, it's like it's fucking. A weird shot. It's like poltergeist. It's mm. pure fucking poltergeist. <laughs> so I was like, is this gonna turn supernatural now? Like, what's happening here? But this is all completely pointless. Mm. Why is he walking in front of the TV? Why is the TV static? Why is it? Why is he communicating with it? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. I know it's it doesn't totally, make any sense. Totally ridiculous. And at this point. Nothing's happened. Yeah. It's the next morning. Richard wakes up. He's like, oh, where's Maury? Oh, he's asleep in front of the TV. Yeah. That's the end result. <laughs> and, but this, he says the best line. This is my favorite line. I, I don't have anything written down. Oh, what, my what, God. What does he say? So, so, so yeah, Richard follows Maury sleeping on, on the floor in front of the TV like an idiot. And... Um, <laughs> And he's like, what are you doing, kid? And uh, Maurice is like, I found the TV on and then fell asleep in front of it. And Richard goes, ha, what a nut. <laughs> Do you remember that? I found the TV on last night. I fell asleep in front of it. <laughs> what a nut. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Georgia also uh, wakes up to something quite shocking. Mm. So on her mirror, uh, there is kind of some like I guess written with looks like lipstick like or lipstick, something yeah. and it says June 16th 1958 mm. but her, her reaction is very underwhelming she's like oh pretty spooky <laughs> and she comes downstairs for breakfast and very nonchalantly yeah just goes hey dad what's uh what's important about the date June 16th 1958 just kind of uninterested yeah, yeah, yeah. not like if that was me i'd be like who the fuck wrote this on my mirror yeah right that's yeah. scary as shit but she doesn't react at all and the dad just looks uncomfortable mm. and doesn't answer yeah and then instantly everyone's like where's aunt martha yeah, again? Right, yeah. <laughs> where's martha? oh my god and we we never that never really came no. to anything did well, it sort of uh, the, the you mean the date itself and the writing as well because the writing also gets kind of like half smudged off later but again yeah. we don't we don't ever know mm, who we, wrote or smudged it. I mean, we can kind of we assume, can, but... We can assume, but yeah. But that, in uh, the end, was all for nothing. Actually, talking about that smeared writing, <laughs> this is probably my second favourite bit of absolutely shit filler, where we cut uh, to... What's her name? Nora. Mm. She's like, blasting the horn of the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> telling Richard to hurry up because she wants to go shopping. And we get this ridiculous scene that quite genuinely almost it's so funny that it almost feels deliberate where he's like 
painstakingly getting ready. So she's like, hurry up, Richard. And it just has him slowly walking around the room, like packing things away. (laughs) Just goes for so long. And I feel like if you ever wanted to sum up a movie in one scene, just this scene is this film. Just someone walking around doing doing nothing. But anyway, he he ends up, the scene ends with him seeing the mirror with the date sort of smeared off. And he's like, oh, all right. Yeah, like, (laughs) not going to fucking question that. Someone's written the date, which only he knows about. Because at first he was like, how did you know about that date? And then brushes it off. So he knows what's happened. But he thinks that he's the only one who knows, Mm. right? But clearly someone else knows. And someone has written that on his daughter's (laughs) mirror. And he doesn't care. And he's like, where's Martha? Where's Martha? (laughs) And then he's like, oh, fuck boy. it, we've got to go shopping. Meanwhile, Maurice is cycling oh. around the living room on his bicycle like a goddamn maniac. <laughs> yeah. And i got to say, this is this is a weird experience watching this scene. I started to, like, trip balls a little bit watching this <laughs> scene. And I remember feeling the same way the first time I watched it, because this is the first time we start to see footage that is reused in right. the Cat in the Brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way that it's used in A Cat in the Brain, it's like Fulci seeing the kid cycling around he's sort of hallucinating the kid so when i was watching the scene it kind of it felt really weird watching it It gave Mm. it like a weird edge Mm. that wouldn't exist without a cat in the brain existing but it it felt very off-putting and more dreamlike just maurice cycling around where do you get that little bike from he said that it was richard's when he was young Mm. so i don't know he probably dug it it from the attic i don't know what a dickhead What, what a nut what a nut. I also love, like, Nora and Richard. Are, so she's going shopping. Mm. And they just, like, stop in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's, like, in the middle of the countryside. And Richard gets out. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go talk to Thomas mm. and see what's going on. <laughs> and she's like, all right. And he, and he just leaves. He's, like, in the middle of a fucking field. <laughs> this, oh, this, so you know, funny. this is where it finally fucking yeah, starts okay. and it picks up and I gotta say though the music here <laughs> is amazing they yeah. have this one track that just loops relentlessly mm. throughout this entire sequence and it's amazing yeah this yeah from this point on this is where the film as you say it like it kicks in at we, this point it we, finally wakes up we've probably done about 40 50 minutes of filler you, yeah oh yeah even more perhaps because yeah. this this is getting kind of towards the end of the film right. really, yeah but yeah things go fucking bonkers <laughs> at this point so richard's waltzed off into a field somewhere <laughs> to find thomas and what happens to georgia so she's naked again that's so sleazy. Yeah. It's even worse, this scene. So yeah. she's like stripping off and she does it in the scene before as well, but she's like looking in the mirror at her own body and being like, hell yeah, like what I see. <laughs> she's got the weird grunts. Like, mm. Yeah. Ah, looks pretty good. Bit of body positivity there. Yeah. And then yeah, this shot of her in the shower is so fucked. It's so long and yeah, sleazy. It's like, as a gratuitous. She, she, she gets into the shower doesn't close the curtain mm. for one, just purely for the camera. You can't right? get a camera in there, and, can and you? like the camera like zooms in on a like head, and then slowly mm. fucking pans down her body, like so fucking slowly, and then basically like once it's finished doing that pan down, then she's like, oh, now I can close the shower curtain. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so slow. 
Oh god! And yeah, all the all the while that kind of bonkers music yeah. is playing. It's a very long shower scene. Mm. But then we get the voice again, the Georgia mm. voice. And then I was like, no, they they can't be doing this and literally remake the classic psycho scene. Oh yeah, yeah. So she's in the shower. You have the shadow of someone approaching mm. from the outside, holding something in their hand Mm -hmm. and I was like no (laughs) he cannot have the balls (laughs) to try and remake Psycho from this piece of shit movie (laughs) and um and it turns out it's little fucking Dick Maurice Mm. which is quite creepy as well having a kid because like the shot has the kid yeah looking at you know his naked sister yeah but what's what the fuck? And he's he's got a lizard. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a dead lizard or yeah. a toy lizard in his hand. Yeah. So we think like he's got a knife as like classic psycho yeah, yeah. move. We think it's a silhouette and his killer's got a knife. Mm. And she uh, he opens the shower curtain and he's holding yeah. the dead lizard mm. and and then just runs away. Georgia gets you know she screams she's, oh you know get the fuck out of here with that shit. Uh, and he's oh you're such a scaredy cat he's alright and he kind of runs off and he runs to bury it in the garden is this is this <laughs> fucking falls yeah, over yeah. on the way oh my god <laughs> dude so that shot <laughs> so yeah he's running away it's like this wide shot <laughs> and it's like the shot goes too long he like falls over and it's clearly real yeah and do you know what I think that that shot inspired me when I made Cat Sick Blues because there's a <laughs> right. scene in Cat Sick Blues where the main character's running and falls over right. and, I, and I'd and i watched this just around that time and I remember at the time thinking it was so fucking funny that they left that in the film. Right, right. And I think I stole it. Oh, amazing. I <laughs> oh, thought that was so funny. He oh, kind dude. of slips, stacks it and then stands up and keeps oh, on my running. God. I, I rewound it Why quite Why didn't a few they times. retake that? That's <laughs> so good. It's, it's fine, okay, we'll fix it in post. You just keep doing it. Oh, man. <laughs> They didn't even need... They could have just cut a few frames earlier oh, as well. Oh, so oh, it's great. It's perfect. It's perfect. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that is my favorite thing in the whole film. Oh. <laughs> and so then, then, back to the shower. Oh, yeah. And you you get your wish, right? And then they actually do the <laughs> psycho thing. Yeah. So the voice comes back in, Georgia. She obviously thinks it's the kid once again. Uh, however, this time it's actually the killer, mm. whoever that may be with a knife and we get one of the most brutal stabbings it's so fucking relentless and it's so bloody it's full on it's it's like yeah so it is psycho but it's like dumb dumb italian gratuitous psycho it's so fucked and the whole time we still have that ridiculous happy music playing over the top of it there's that shot of her face getting Mm. stabbed Mm. it's really intense it's yeah it's a really really horrific death but oh it's not the worst thing in this film and do you remember how last time yeah i said i didn't remember this film at all Mm. but i remembered one thing about this film yeah which is why i chose it to watch for this this podcast yeah this is the uh, as, as soon as i saw it i was like, oh yeah this is the one dave was talking about 100 percent. so george has been brutally stabbed to bits <laughs> and then what's and then what happens after that so the kid comes back and he's like oh it's okay george i buried the fucking reptile in the yard and he goes to the shower pulls back the shower curtain and the body's gone and the shower is clean there's literally no trace of blood whatsoever. 
So he kind of goes looking for Georgia, and we cut to a chainsaw revving. We kind of get this cutting back and forth between the two shots of him just kind of like walking around the house looking for Georgia, and he walks through a doorway and gets his fucking head cut off with a chainsaw. <laughs> Chainsawed off. He's how old? Would you say? Uh, like seven. So he's a young yeah. kid. Yeah, he's a nut. <laughs> what a nut! And and literally, it's just this chainsaw comes out of nowhere. It's literally so out of the blue, yeah. <laughs> and just decapitates his little kid. His head flops down onto the ground. It's, it, it's so like it's so close up. Yeah. This shot. It's really, really graphic mm-hmm. and. Insane that they thought that this could be on television. <laughs> a little kid having his yeah. head chainsawed off. When I saw this, I literally, out loud, I was like, oh my god! Because yeah. yeah. I, I had kind of zoned out quite yeah. quite a lot with, yeah. with the nothing this, that happens yeah, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. movie. That when this did happen, I literally shouted out, oh my god. So maybe this is a good point to talk about uh, the guy who did the effects. Mm. So the effects guy in this is Pino Fer- Ferrante. Right. Uh, I think on IMDb he's Giuseppe Ferrante. Uh, I don't know why the two different names, but um, yeah, he he did the effects for this and also all of like Fulci's, you know, uh, final films as mm. well. And you know he like he is not a household name in the way that like De, Ro- De Rossi is, right? So like Fulci's guy from his prime, everyone mm. knows him, and you know he went on to do like a lot of very big films, but. I really fucking love Ferrante's effects because right. they're so grim. They're mm. so very... They're, like, a bit cheap, but... They're pretty cheap. They're very cheap, but they have a griminess mm. that makes me feel a bit sick. <laughs> I, I, I totally understand what you mean. But, yeah, he, yeah, he's done so many... Yeah, like, so many Fulci films. He did, yeah, Sodom is Ghost, Touch of Death, Voices from Beyond, House of Clocks, all of those later-day ones. But he also worked on... Some pretty crazy stuff. So he did, yeah, Len- Lindsay's uh, Cannibal Ferox. Oh, wow. Is that how you pronounce it? Ferox? Ferro? Ferox? I don't oh, know. I always Ferox. said Ferox, but Ferox. I, I butcher everything. Right. So. <laughs> and he did Nightmare City. Huh. Uh, he also did Bruno Mattei's Hell of the Living Dead, which I love, and Rats, Night of Terror, which I fucking love too. He did Lamboto Bava's Devilfish. He did Joe D'Amato's Absurd and hmm. Anthropothagus as well. Oh, wow probably pronouncing that wrong too uh and he even worked on like so he was working way back in the day he even did um some effects on uh argento's film cato nine tales which is like i've not seen that quite an early Mm. like uh argento film but yeah he so he's pretty prolific as well but yeah his effects especially these like late 80s effects just have a very icky icky Mm. feeling to them which i fucking love and this kid getting his head chopped off is the best example of his work I think. oh yeah it, it was pretty grim yeah uh, and yeah as soon as i saw that i was oh this is the reason we're <laughs> yeah. watching this <laughs> poor little maurice the nut getting his head chainsawed yeah. off it's pretty fucked up yeah <laughs> what a nut pretty wrong it's but yeah. it's so fast like mm, very I, I kind of like wish that we hadn't have seen the chainsaw revving up beforehand mm-hmm. because with that you kind of got a you got a glimpse of yeah. you know what was going to come you kind of could see it coming but even with that chainsaw revving scene it was so out of nowhere <laughs> yeah, it's quite shocking yeah. 
Oh boy. So Nora comes back home and <laughs> looking for her kids. Yeah, we're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, hey kids, what's happening? Yeah. They're not, they're not there. They're all dead, mate. Sorry. Uh, yeah, she walks downstairs. Yeah. And there's blood all over the wall, but she doesn't notice <laughs> I it. No. What an idiot. Uh, anyway, then we see Richard, who's finally you know, found where he thinks Thomas lives. Mm. And it's like a house under construction, right? Yeah. And uh, he's asking about Thomas. And they're like, oh, there's no there's no Thomas. Mm. And there's no caretaker for that house. That place is empty. There's no Thomas in these parts. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he asks to use the, the phone in the house that's under construction and heads in and he calls the, the clinic, the mental asylum that Martha was at. And again, it's like another kind of like, what the fuck? What were you thinking when you wrote this script? Mm. So pointless, all the pacing in this, where they're like, yeah, hang on, we need to, can you call back in five minutes? We'll check. He's like, oh, okay. It's like, <laughs> what? Why do we need that scene? Yeah. Fucking hell. Anyway. <laughs> and then we get, is it the craziest thing I've fucking seen that I, I forgot all about? Is this the weird transition, yeah. the opening shot? Oh, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, when I was watching, I was like, what, what am I seeing here? It's so I still don't know. I still don't really know. How how would you describe what we see? So he's, he's hung up the phone and then we cut very jarringly to. It's like a fucking stuffed animal or something. It's like a cat. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Is it supposed to be a cat? It's like this like bug eyed, fluffy thing and and the establishing shot is just like right up in its face it takes up the entire frame and it's this fucking bug-eyed animal thing and the, and it kind of just slowly zooms out from that it's like sitting on top of a pot of paint as well so who, who thought this was a good idea oh my, my stomach's hurting like, why uh, would you open a shot with uh, that? But, like, it's not only that, but it's got, it's got the music over the top. It's really intense. Like, it's supposed to be some big reveal. <laughs> oh, fuck, it's so fucking funny. Oh, there's no context at all, and it's totally meaningless. It's completely meaningless. Oh, God. Yeah, eventually the shot after we see this weird toy pans up <laughs> and we see that Nora, I guess, is in the attic. Ah, oh, that's not, right. Yeah, not yeah, really yeah, yeah. established, but <laughs> she's looking through this chest. And there's all these like creepy toys in there. But God, what a way to open a scene. Fuck it up. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, <laughs> so, so Nora finds this note in the chest uh, that she's looking through and it's uh, about Martha... This is also one of the funniest things in the film. I don't know if you picked up on this, but um, yeah, like uh, it has a different date. It's like June eighteenth, oh right, nineteen fifty eight. But whatever. Anyway, so mm. she's reading the note. It's like that's <laughs> she's reading it. It's like it's like being narrated out loud. But then we cut to the note. Mm. Did you did you read the no. note? Oh fuck, it's so funny. So it's clearly it's written in English. Right. But it was clearly written by someone who couldn't speak or write English. Oh right. And it oh I go back and pause it on okay. because it is fucking hilarious. Like absolute mess of spelling mistakes, the oh. wrong words. Like 
and it's meant to be like this professional like, it, it's, it's like no. essentially her like hospital discharge letter yeah, or something God, right so that... Clini- clinical report that's it and it, it's it's quite different to what she's reading as well right, right, very right. funny but yeah so we basically hear in this letter that martha it's talking about her regaining her mental health mm. and she's getting better and the doctor is requesting that the relatives come to collect her Basically, it says that Martha is ready to be released. Mm. But before we hear any more, Nora's grabbed from behind. Oh, yeah. And what happens to her? And gets her head <laughs> stuffed into the trunk. Yeah, it's like at, in the, the chest, the trunk thing. Yeah. You know? And the whoever's doing it kind of slams it shut, decapitating her. Very powerful. Yeah. Very sharp. You would need a lot of fucking power to be able to cut someone's head off (laughs) with the lid of a trunk. Uh, And her kind of bloody stump falls back onto the camera. Get that Mm. lovely, lovely decapitated stump shot. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely decapitated stump shot. That's what it said in the script. I love me. A a stump. stump. This is this is going really really off topic, but yeah, I just speaking of stumps, I just remembered. Have you ever seen um that film Cradle of Fear? Yeah, a long time ago. The movie Cradle of Filth did, mm. and there's a stump scene, and like this guy, he's he's like a, a um an amputee, mm. and I can't remember the, all the exact details, but there's a scene, and there's this girl like licking his stump, his like <laughs> leg stump, and he's like, oh yeah. Lick me stump. <laughs> I don't remember that. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I thought you were going to say, have you seen Long Jean Silver? Is that more stumpy goodness? Do you know what that is? It's like a 70s porno. And right. it stars this actress um, who one of her legs is like a stump. Right. But it sort of goes into like a skinny little stump. Oh. And uh, there's a lot of stump sucking in that. And, it, and there's a scene oh. where I shit you not. I almost don't want to tell you to do it for Not the pod, but nah, no, we shouldn't do it for the pod. Fucking, and it? she she fucks a guy in the ass with a stump. Oh my god! It's one, and when I watched it, it was almost it was so bizarre and surreal that I couldn't even be repulsed by it. I was like, it was just too much yeah. for my brain to handle. Is this is this a arm stump or a leg stump? Oh, uh, sorry, leg stump. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, that's even worse, yeah, then, isn't it? Jamming it into this guy's oh, butt. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Not seeing that one, Dave. <laughs> oh boy, we can. Th- we'll watch I it think after this. You did one up on me with my cradle of fear. <laughs> Jesus Christ! God, from <laughs> stump licking to stump fucking. <sighs> <laughs> what attention! And then, um, yeah, we, we go back to Richard yeah, now. Back to Richard, yeah. yeah. And he, we, again, he's like, calls back, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, so he's been oh, waiting there. So stupid. <laughs> he's been waiting five minutes while his, head, his, his wife's had her head chopped off. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, God. Whatever he hears, he's yeah. shocked. It's like, oh, so, well, last March. They said, like, she was discharged last mm. March, wasn't it? Or last I month? I, I didn't know. know. Last month or March? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Last March, something like that. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. And then he he's all shocked and he heads off. I, mm. I say he's shocked. He's not that shocked. He's like, oh, all right. He's a bit of a That's all, all of his reactions. Like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Fair enough. But he he, goes, he wanders <laughs> off into the woods. I just... This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. So he rushes over to a graveyard 
Like rushes. He goes to a, there. He goes to a graveyard. So why? We didn't even know there was a graveyard here. Let alone, why would he go to a graveyard now? And it's in the middle of the the woods. Yeah. Like it's just this random set of tombs. And he starts like dusting off the gravestones, mm. and where he finds the graves for his family, including himself. Yeah. And it's like, bum, 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 spooky twist. Oh, my goodness. Mm. So then he just goes back to the house. I, like, oh, I, I was already really over this film when that <laughs> happened. I was like, oh, fucking hell, there you go. He's just like, good for you, movie. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he goes back to the house. And uh, the house seems to be empty. He's looking mm. for his family. <laughs> and then he comes into the kitchen. <laughs> and everyone is there at the table. But it's not breakfast time. <laughs> Everyone's dead. Yeah. Actually, it is breakfast time because I think there's cornflakes out. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a pretty cool shot, though. The, Freddy was yeah. pretty fucking so cool. The, the whole family's dead. The heads are back on. I would have fucking loved oh. to have seen all the family members sitting around the table except for Nora, <laughs> who's fucking decapitated. Yeah, and, and the son as well. Maurice had his Ma- head chopped Oh, yeah, fucking hell. Mate, they should have had their heads plopped. Charles didn't look too hot in this scene, did he? No, he was a mess. <laughs> fucking hell. So, yeah, they're, they're all there dead and bloodied. And um, it's just really... It's quite funny. Like, it's kind of disturbing, yeah. but it's also funny because Richard's like, Oh, no! <laughs> And he's and just like the cornflakes on the table and just everything's so weird. And um yeah, suddenly from behind a hand grabs him. Yeah. And who is it? It's fucking Aunt Martha. She's finally arrived. She's, She's actually real. Aunt Martha. Don't know why. My God, what's happened to us all? Why? I don't know, my dear nephew. I mean, I only got here this moment, you see. Yeah, Richard's asking her, like, why did you do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and so she was like, I don't know. I just got here, you <laughs> see. <laughs> yeah, she's and she sort of tells the the story of uh, what happened. She fills in the gaps, finally. Oh, yeah. So Richard's mother uh, used to leave Richard with her a lot. She used to mm. look after Richard. They had a really good relationship. But then Richard's mother decided to steal all of Martha's money mm. and have her locked up. And As if that's just like a simple thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I was, was going to have that, yeah. my sister committed. Yeah, yeah. We should test it out. We should try and... One of us should try and get it, get the other one committed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she... And she's saying like, yeah, you could have helped me to Richard. And uh, Richard's like, I was just a kid. I didn't mm. understand what was going on. But... Then Martha points out, well, now you're not a kid and you've just been enjoying my money this whole time. So there you go. But then oh, the camera pulls out. Martha's bloody gone. She was just a vision. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, you know what? I, I, I really had had enough of this film. <laughs> but I will say the next scene is the only other thing I remembered from this because it is so disgusting. Oh, it does get pretty grim. So we but finally, finally... The basement. Oh. Yeah. So... But, but was it established how he actually got in? Because he couldn't get in for the whole film. Well, he just goes... He just he opens, opens it. Is, that was fucking open, isn't it? Yeah. He just, he just opens it. <laughs> so he goes into the basement and he finds the real Martha mm. who is in the bed mm. in the basement 
and her face has been completely like eaten alive by maggots. It is disgusting. So this is real fucking maggots. Fucking grim. Yeah. While we're cutting to that as well, we're also seeing like this weird toy. Do you see that? Like spinning no. around. And it's got like an executioner with an axe about to chop someone's head off. Oh, oh quite yes, a, there was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite yeah. a cool prop, but very pointless. But I was also... I don't, <laughs> Like, Martha, like, she's not fucking decomposed. It's just her face is completely mutilated. And, yeah. and like, it's completely caved in. Mm. But the rest of her seems pretty all right. Not too bad. Considering she's being alive by maggots. It's so creepy as well, because she's in, it's in this gross basement. And yeah. she's just in this bed. Yeah. Just sitting there, covered with maggots. And then we get the, like, seriously made me gag. And this is, like, the second time I've seen this. Thomas, old mate, the caretaker... Nice guy, Thomas. It's this really close-up shot of her maggot-covered face, and he wipes away some of the maggots, <laughs> which I guess was the actor's request, and then <laughs> and then leans in and kisses the <clears throat> face of the corpse. And you can actually see the actor sort of wincing as he's doing it. He clearly oh. doesn't want to do this. So it feels very, like... It feels very, like, Norman Bates yeah. as well. So we've had that shower scene, and then this also feels quite psycho-esque as well and yeah we <laughs> he basically gives this massive speech yeah that is basically explaining everything right yeah he's all like i did it for you and all that bollocks yeah so he's killed everybody he did it for her we don't do we know why no he, like, I, I don't know what their relationship well, was my memory of the first time watching this was that he was like her son or something like what? illegitimate son but Watching it again, I'm like, no. I just really don't know what their connection was. Yeah. Anyway, guess he was just he just was a very uh, caring caretaker. That's why, they, why he's called a caretaker. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, so he he's killed everyone and um, yada yada yada. <laughs> uh, it, it is pretty pretty long winded. Yeah. And, uh, and then he sees Richard. Yeah, that's right. So Richard's watching all this. He's like, I see you there. You yeah, could have saved yeah. her. And once again kisses the maggoty face for a second time and then the two of them have this very long Mm. and very stupid fight yeah that kind of reminded me of a shitter version of uh they live yeah they live (laughs) it's just this fight that just goes for ages of the two of them fighting eventually uh richard gets knocked out with a punch Mm. and uh thomas comes over with an axe and just as he's about to smash Richard's face with the axe. We get a sudden cut. Yeah. And we get a very dumb extra ending. <laughs> oh, yeah. So so we cut back to the beginning of the film mm-hmm. where Georgia, the daughter, goes to hug Richard in the car and they narrowly miss the truck, right? Mm. But actually, they collided with the truck and... They all died in the car accident, except for Richard. Mm. And it's like the big fucking twist ending. Yeah. And I guess he is living... Like, it was kind of... It didn't quite make sense because Martha was saying that he has to survive and, like, suffer. Yeah, yeah. So, they died in the car crash, he survived, but then Martha's voiceover is like, "Uh, you mustn't die, not until you've suffered as much as I did. Mm. So, I guess he's, like paralyzed or like I, I don't know like but we, we don't, we don't know. Really know we don't know that was sort of my assumption but yeah it doesn't actually make sense yeah say for example if he 
went to the uh, to Martha's house on his own. Mm. Like so, so in in the film, he's with his family. Yeah. Uh, but let's say you know in this timeline, they all died, and he went on his own. And this happened in a few times in different movies before, and we kind of get those like those weird subtle hints that he might be alone, maybe his mm. family might be dead at some point. But we get these weird <laughs> scenes of them all being killed and him like interacting with them like as yeah, if it's yeah. completely normal. Yeah. So the whole thing of like them dying and him being alive but still living this timeline does not make sense. It's really meaningless. It, yeah. the, the film just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's the only kind of bit of like a weird sort of dreamy fantasy sort of thing mm. that we get other than the fact that all the dialogue sounds like it's from a dream and <laughs> none of it actually makes any sense. But the bit where he goes to the graves is mm. the only kind of part that's a bit like, ooh, yeah. like spooky. But other than that, it, as you say, it plays out like it's all just happening for yeah. real. But yeah, so this kind of ending though is... It's not the first time I've seen a kind of silly tacked on ending like this mm. in this kind of era of Italian cinema. So Fulci has done this mm. a couple of times himself. So oh, have you I seen haven't. House of Clocks? No, no, I haven't. So all right, spoiler warning for House of Clocks and uh, Sodom as Ghost. But yeah, mm. House of Clocks is one that ends with everyone being like, oh, oh, it was all a dream. Right. And then they get killed again in the last <laughs> scene. And then Sodom as Ghost from memory, it's like, these guys going to a haunted house and all these like uh, Nazis killing them and stuff. Mm. And then they all wake up at the end right. and walk away. And it was all a dream. Like, why did you do that? They love it. They, they love, love it. Shit. And, and all through like, yeah, lots of Italian films, like the Italian horrors, they love doing that. <clears throat> I mean, here I can, no, I was going to say here I can see more of a point to it, but not really. No. It's uh, it's pretty ridiculous. This film was a mess. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And there were so many things that kind of made me think about other films. Mm. Um, like, for example, that 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 Poltergeist-esque scene. Mm, mm, mm. That didn't need to be there. Yeah. So I kind of... I, I do wonder if uh, Fulci or the other people involved in this saw that and were like, let's fucking whack a Poltergeist That's scene. And kind of an interesting point, because when I was watching a lot of Fulci interviews for this and trying to, you know, find little bits and pieces about mm. this, the, this film's production, which I, I couldn't find that much, mm. but um, Fulci talks a lot about like American films right. ripping off Italian films. And the whole time he was saying it, I'm like, I love you Fulci, but I just watched the murder secret <laughs> that literally recreated psycho mm. and poltergeist. Mm. And like, it's, yeah, the Italian films love to mm. borrow from other films. Yeah, yeah, they totally do. And I'm not saying obviously this is this is not an innovator by any yeah. means, but that final kind of like twist also made me think of uh, Beetlejuice. Oh, what? Wait, what happens at the end of Beetlejuice? So Beetlejuice starts off with a oh, car yeah, accident, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is like they, mm. they narrowly survive and mm. then later find out that they actually died during this car crash. Mm. And I was like, oh, I wonder if uh, Tim Burton saw this because this is clearly the innovator of the genre but uh, imagine that if Tim Burton saw this film and inspired <laughs> just the ending he's like oh pretty good idea but no this film is a fucking mess yeah it is such a mess but like hearing what you said um, about the beginning like these made for TV mm. films when I was watching this I felt like this is this feels exactly like one of those made-for-TV, like, thrillers, like, Murder, She Wrote-esque <laughs> yes. thrillers yeah. that middle-aged housewives will watch yeah. at home at 3 p.m. 
but then Fulci's on board and just threw a ton of gore inside. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that as well, because in that same interview, he talks about how much he hates Murder, She Wrote. Oh, really? This is a weird like, <laughs> side thing. But you yeah. know, it totally felt like that. Just like mm. a very, very bog standard, like not, not, not too risky. Yeah. Made for TV thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then chucked in a load of gore. That that's sort of yeah. That that's the main reason I chose it. So yeah, obviously that kid Mm. scene is absolutely fucked. But it was more the the way that this film plays out, Mm. where it is like watching a very shitty soap opera, uh, very artlessly made, Mm. and then as you say, just these utterly fucked violent like mm. so violent mm. like th- those two scenes of the the kids are yeah. unbelievably violent and it just feels so shocking and out of place and i would love imagine seeing like, like i know it never actually was on tv but imagine seeing that on tv <laughs> like watching that at like two in the morning mm. and it's just chugging along i like, got some boring ghost film and then suddenly you get a kid <laughs> getting his head chainsawed off it's just so fucking crazy mm. and also just the way everyone interacts and the unbelievably horribly like laid out narrative like it's so fucked it's a terrible it's, movie yeah i i mean i really enjoy watching this film really but it is, but it is objectively not a good film i um i watched I watched it for the first time the whole way through mm. <laughs> uh, a few day, a couple of days ago, a few days ago. Uh, but by the time like the good stuff finally kicked off, mm. which was like, around like the 51 hour, yeah. 50 minute, one hour mm. mark, I was already just like this fucking film, man, <laughs> this is pissing me off. Because like, yeah. nothing happened. And so by the time the good stuff did start to happen, I was already like semi checked out. Mm. So this morning I rewatched it from the one hour mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> I think also, like, maybe that's one point that we're different on is that I really like uh, this kind of Italian stuff. Like, right. very... Like, I know it's not good, mm. but I love the kind of hazy... Yeah, that kind of shitty soap opera feel. Like, I kind of enjoy it quite a mm. lot. And I love the bad dubbing. So I can tolerate a lot of the shittiness in fact right. i enjoy it you enjoy it <laughs> and I mean, then and then the gory stuff is like a little treat at the end the shittiness me. is good for a certain amount of time but when there's like an hour of shittiness yeah. i mean that's that's quite a lot to endure yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah quite a fascinating film though like just the production of it and then what it became with mm. Cat in the brain so yeah it's actually I, interesting that you say that though because Cat in the Brain is quite mm. well known. Yeah, so I guess... This one, not so much. A lot of people listening to this podcast would have seen scenes from mm. this film, right? Mm. As you had, you would have as well. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's probably the best way to watch this film is don't watch this film, just watch A Cat in the Brain, because yeah. that's actually a great film. <laughs> the best way to watch this film is to just not, not watch, watch this yeah. film. <laughs> I would totally agree. <laughs> All right. On the wrongometer, shall we go to there? So, wrongometer, how wrong the movie is, how much it shouldn't exist, <laughs> how fucked up it is, how weird it is. This is, I mean, it's always tough to give the, these mm. ratings. Uh, do you have anything in mind? I actually haven't thought about you it. You know what? You might, you might be disappointed with this, but I, I'm going to give it a six. You know what? I'm also going to give it a six. Yeah, all right. Yeah, because... <laughs> 
we've seen much worse yeah. than this as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but that kid. That oh, kid. I'm gonna go six point five. Oh, Give it a little dirty little, bastard. Little half an extra point for that. <laughs> the, the the story behind it is fascinating. Mm, that mm. is, and and to yeah. like you said, what it became, cat in the brain, and and yeah. the, the backstories behind the people involved is it's a very interesting story. But yeah. just just the product itself. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was a schlep to get through, Dave. I'm not gonna lie. I had a good time. Oh, but if you want to watch a cat in the brain as well, that's quite easy to find. So there's a really good Blu-ray out from Grindhouse releasing mm. with lots of good extras that I watched in preparation for this. And it's also if you don't want to buy that Blu-ray, it's up on Tubi. We love Tubi. Everything's on Tubi. <laughs> Tubi's the best. I think it's I, free. I, I'm I'm is it free? Tubi's fucking free, mate. Oh, fucking hell. Gotta get on there. Literally every time I'm like, oh, I want to watch... Uh, I feel like watching Mosquito Man tonight. Uh-huh. Is it on Tubi? Yep. Wait, do you work for Tubi? You just like push it. <laughs> when you get on there, you'll be, you'll be fucking sounding like you work for Tubi. Too. Follow like, us on tubi.com <laughs> forward slash... Actually, yeah, tubitv.com. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Um, All right, so. what's next week? Ooh, not next week. Next time. Oh, fuck, I always do that. Yeah. What's next time? Next time, I am absolutely delighted to talk about Chosen Fukui's Metal Days. Yay. You heard it here first, because no one else is talking about this film. It is impossible to find. And please don't ask us where to find it, because Guy has it on VHS, I think. We'll talk about it more. Oh. Next time. Okay, so please follow us on Twitter at SMSW Podcast. That's on Twitter. You could also send us an email at showmesomethingwrong at gmail.com. Got a few emails recently, so oh, yeah? that was nice. Yeah, oh, thank you. I'll tell you about that later. That was really nice. And, and please give us a cheeky rating on Apple Podcasts. Just head there. Not a one, please. Not a two, not a three, not a four. Give us a five. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, do a review. And of course, as always, tell your mum about the podcast too. Mums love it. Mums and aunts. Got a lot of good feedback from, from mums, so that's good. <laughs> Thanks, mums. See you next time. So right. <laughs> what a nut. <laughs> <laughs>